Welcome to The Bee's Knees, a podcast full of articles, interviews, clinical studies, and advice about knee surgery, physical therapy, and life after knee surgery. And this machine is just a wonderful piece of ingenuity. That's just sweet. I recommend it to everybody. Well, I and I'm so glad that, that we've had such a good experience together on this. You hear it from the people that have used it and benefited from it. The live feedback, that's who you learn from. It ain't the doctors and all that bullshit. It's, it's the live people that have had success with it. And that's what right. turned me on to you. You know, I found you by myself. I mean, no, ain't nobody told me about X10. I just researched it through the Internet, and then I listened to your customers, your patients, and, oh, my God, i got to try well, it. This is PJ. We're here on Knee Radio 1. We're here on the Bees Knees podcast. I'm here with Steve Shipp from Texas. Steve, let's go right there. I want to know if you can, if you remember, what what happened? How'd you find us? Like, what was it? You're typing in what knees manipulation something, and there's this something, and something happens. Tell, tell us that story. <laughs> You're good. Okay. Well, here, PJ. It started off as you know back in you know I've, I've had knee knee problems for a long time, and it's all due to motocross racing, basketball, football, softball, sports injuries, snow. In. I hurt my left knee so many times, and every time you hurt it, you lose a little bit of cartilage. And there ain't no replacement for cartilage. I was the fastest running guy you ever seen. I was into every sport there was, and you know, just very active. But when I was 30 years old, I slid into home plate, and this gorilla catcher stepped right in front of me, and man, I broke my tibia, fibula in half it sounded like a baseball bat snapping the crowd went wild and, and so did i i started screaming out i didn't know you could hurt that bad but anyway it it messed up my you know my tibia it broke it in three places then it broke the fibula behind it and it messed up my ankle well they, they fixed all that but it took a year and a half and it, it was a long process so i was born in 56 so this was in 86 and I was single at the time, and I moved in with my parents to, you know, take care of me. You know, I needed some help because, man, I, I was hurt. I was a hurt puppy, dude. Wow. And uh, anyway, uh, after I got over that, it took a year and a half. It took three operations, and finally they had to do, you know, I had a, I had a, an Indian doctor. You know, I mean, it's just the doctor's on call, you know, the, the hospital emergency room to go to. Anyway, he uh, he said we need to take out the fibula bone. This is just a chicken bone. We don't don't need the chicken bone. I said, all right. I didn't know no better, so he took it out. I, I said, well, how much are you gonna cut out of it? He said, oh, just just the millimeters or you know centimeters, whatever. And I didn't know what that was, but the first X-ray I seen, he took out three quarters of an inch. And then when I started running again after my tibia finally healed up, to see what it was. The fibula would heal up fast because it's a littler, littler bone, but when the, the it, but it wouldn't allow the tibia to grow together. And they didn't put no rods or screws. You know, it was just he wanted it to be natural. 
which which I'm glad for that. And anyway, man, it, it took forever. But they did a bone graft. And I'm telling you, the bone graft out of the hip to uh, fill in that space, that three-quarter room steel, man, that worked like butter, man. Because my, my tibia was strong then. It was, it was welded up really good, but it was flip-flopping. My, my fibula was flipping. You know, when I'd go to run or something, I said, man, this, this, this ain't, ain't going to work. So I had to you know, have that third operation. But I did it, and it, it worked out good. Well, that was in 89. Actually, 89. Because we okay. got married in October 89, and, and, uh, and uh, she said, Dad, I should have married somebody else. She said, I should have seen these problems, you know, <laughs> I'm going to have later on in life. You know, she was kidding, of course. I yeah. hope so, anyway. She's still with me after, <laughs> after 30 years of marriage. <laughs> That's a different anyway, interview. Okay, I'll talk to her about that separately. We'll do that. Then. There you go. She'll <laughs> fill you in, man. I'll, right, right, I'll right. But, but I tried everything. You know, yoga, physical therapy. I worked out constantly. I'm a I'm a worker bee. I'm a busy man. I'm just go 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 go. And I even tried acupuncture, dude, and it it kind of somewhat helped, but it was all temporary. And then I, then I was doing medication to kind of get me through my day, and that's another cross to bear. It's just that's just hard, you know, getting off that right now. That's that's my problem I'm dealing with now is getting off my pain medications because I was such a, such at a high dose that it you can't just stop you get the EBGBs and it's just not good man but anyway my timeline is on May twenty second of twenty nineteen I had my first knee surgery because he says you're going to be back to me. You know, when he first met me, he said, you're going to come back and, and going to want this surgery. Because he, he said, you got to have it. He said, you got no cartilage left. And I think I've sent you some x-rays, and you can see before and after, and they're kind of they're kind of gross. But I had that surgery, and I was back home the next day. And I was a superstar in the hospital because, you know, you wake up from your anesthesia and... They got you walking, which which I was balls to wall. I, all right, I'll show you. I'll do this. I walked that hall up and down. They wouldn't let you leave the hospital until you could walk up and down the hall. And I did it. You know, did it like a superstar. You know, but it, the swelling never went down. My knee looked like the elephant man. It was just deformed looking. And I got two brother-in-laws that had knee surgery prior to me and they told me what to expect blah, blah, blah. and it just never you know got better they said it's going to go away it's going to go away it's going to get better it's swelling's going to go down I said when you know but in the meantime my insurance was about to you know I was already made my deductible so it's you know I'm a poor man and I, I think about $6,000 deductible I want to get the fake bang from a buck so what i did i elected to have ankle uh, fusion the same year so i did that on october 14th which is my 30th wedding anniversary baby don't worry about it we'll uh we'll uh, celebrate next year <laughs> 2020 that's what a year to celebrate you know they fused my ankle they screwed me together with three screws 
because x-rays that I sent you can tell that I had no cushion, no cushion at all. And they wanted to really do the ankle fusion first, get that out of the way, then do my knee. But my knee hurt me more. So I elected to do the knee first, which maybe was an error. But right now I'm having more problems with my ankle than my knee. My knee worked damn good. But my yeah. ankle swells, you know. So I was worried about an infection with the screws they left in me. They put me three-inch screws in my ankle, and and I only met with the ankle doctor a couple of times, and you know he said everything's going to be fine. All right. So on January the 23rd, 2020, I knew something was wrong. So I, I met with an infection doctor. I already been to another doctor within Texas Orthopedics, this group that was doing my surgery. And Dr. Smith was my original, Scott Smith was my original doctor. But man, he was just telling me everything's going to be fine. And, and I went to another doctor just to see Dr. Goldberg to see if he had a different opinion. And he, and he looked at my knee and he said, why do you think that's not infected? I said, well, because Dr. Smith and Dr. Stoop, that was my ankle doctor, said it's fine. It's going to go away. And then the look on his face, you just wouldn't believe it. And, and he says, why the hell did you get an ankle fusion before your knee was done? Well, I explained to him about the, the cost, you know. And then they tell me, you know, you should never make a, a decision on surgery based on cost. Well, you know, like I said, I'm I'm just an old retired telephone man that, you know, I ain't rich. I just, I got X amount of dollars and I got to look out after it, you know. So he, uh, he ran out of the room and I guarantee you, he went down there to Dr. Smith and said, what the hell have you done to this man? So he wanted me to wear this stocking, this, go, go down to the, this special sock store or this medical supply place and get one of these little stockings to wear. And what it did, because I, I had so much pressure of fluid on me that, it, you know, your body's just fighting it. It's just not happy with it. So what it did, it, it just built up. And, and when I put that tight stocking on, what it did, it raised it from my ankle foot area all the way up to where my knee but it could never get past my knee so man it, it come out i come out with like a three-inch balloon on the left side of my knee and you you could tell it was about ready to pop so i went to an infection doctor he says steven you, you infected they did blood work to find it out not an mri and i and i had tons of MRIs, but nobody ever really gave me feedback on them things. Anyway, after he did, he said, man, I, I'm sorry to tell you tell you this. I said, what does that mean for me? We're going to take your knee out. You're going to have to have a, a two-stage revision. I said, oh my God, I've been, to, I've been to therapy 32 times. I've worked my ass off to try to get 110 degree flexion, and I could never get zero extension. I got 1%. But I could never get there, man. It was just, it was just really sad. I cried, and I just, I just, I cry right now, man. It's really sad. But anyway, I elected to have, I had to have it. I had to have the surgery. So, what he did, I think, it was in March of 2020. Right, right when the world's really? falling apart. 
There yep. you are going Took in. Took out right. my knee right during COVID. <laughs> and get this, after my wife and me had their last meeting before you got to take your knee out, Steve, he uh, got infected with the COVID. Oh, my God. And, but the governor oh, of Texas at that time, you know, you couldn't get no more elective surgeries anyway. So I'm walking around here with a freaking peg leg all day long. It didn't slow me down. I mean, I just, I just skipped around and hobbled. I'm making a chicken coop for my son. He's in FFA and raising pigs and chickens. I'm making him a hotel. He calls it the hotel for chicken coops. <laughs> so I just use that as kind of as therapy and, and try to stay busy with my mind. It was sad that I had to do that. But Pause there for a second. Just so I have the, the facts straight. In 2019, in May, we had a surgery, a knee replacement surgery. knee surgery. Right. And then you went and had the ankle done, in, you know, months October later. October 14th. Right. October 14th. We have the ankle well, done. The doctor wanted to take out my knee while I still had insurance on the week after Christmas of 2019. I was wow. back in the hospital. Brother man, he he was he opened me up and didn't see what he thought would was an infection. So he drained that three inch pocket of body fluid or synovial fluid and sewed me back up. Well, and it never hmm. got no better. I mean, you know, the infection was still there. It was behind oh my God. being behind my knee that he couldn't so, physically see. From over wow. just the top of my knee, you got wow. me. Yeah, so there's a little bit of a head fake there because that there's yeah. I mean, gosh, you hate to go in, but there you are, opened up again, That's no infection two. from what he can see. Yet in the end, it turns out there is an infection, and right. you go so, through this January, February, and then in March, it's COVID. So we I took out the three knee three months without a knee, and one year later, it was actually. It was just a week apart. I think it was May 27th, 2020, that they put my new knee in. Okay. He says, you know, we have to take out so much of your bone from the existing one. Because he said, these things are not made to come out. I said, right. how do you get it out? He said, we got a hammer and chisel it. I said, well, I didn't really want to know that, you know? We are here to help the next person who's thrown right. a bunch of curveballs. So... The next person is going to have a knee replacement. They're going to be worried that the knee isn't in perfect shape a month or two or three after doing all the PT, and they're going to may or may not have the ankle issue, the fusion that you had. And you know, double they, bad, you know. Double bad. So you had double bad in 2019, and then being opened up again in December, looking for an infection that wasn't there. Right. While red flags go off all over the place, like that sounds terrible. Realizing then that they've got to pull the thing out, and so they pulled it out in early 2020, but they Which couldn't number put three. In, number three. <laughs> but they, you're telling me they could not put it in a new joint in, so you for were peg legging it for three months. Can you explain? Was that for infection purposes? They had to keep it. Well, out of there. The, or the tell us about that. Again. Was, they said they could kill the infection, and I had to wear these these like softball sized penicillin balls that they give me. I had to go to the doctor every week 
during COVID. I had to go to the hospital to get my blood taken, and and they would, you know, test my blood, and it was getting better and better and better as, after each weekly visit. But at six o'clock at night, I had to go through this ritual of changing out. I had a pick line in me you know, that went in my arm all the way to my heart, or you know, to the biggest valve you got in your in your system and it's stuck it in there i mean it was amazing it was like three foot long but anyway they got me pick lined and i had to change out the pick line you know during all this covid you know everything's about infection and just scared and everybody's wearing masks and it's just all weird 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 time to be going through what i went through but anyway I did it for six weeks. Each week I went get me a new set of balls and, uh, and, and cleaning. I had to clean it up real good before I injected myself or whatever, hooked up the new ball. But it would last for 24 hours. I mean, that's kind of a crazy process in its own just to kill the infection. You said three months? Three Is months. Right? Wow. Yep. Yeah, see, I, I went through six weeks. But due to the governor wouldn't let no elective, elective surgery. surgery. <laughs> right. So, but my doctor couldn't done it anyway because he had the COVID. But, you know, he told me, he said, Steve, he said, I, I thought I was going to die. He said, I made peace with my maker. I think I've already said that. And, and wow. he was really scared that he was going to pass away. And his wife and kids would, would come up to the hospital, and he said he would look at them, at them, Barely, he, he could barely muster the strength to look out the freaking window at him. You know, that was just the state of, you know, where he was, which is horrible. We were both screwed up at the same time. Wow. And I was the number one customer at Cedar Park Hospital in Austin, Texas, or just a little suburb of Austin, but I was the first patient to get, you know, my elective surgery you know, my new knee, because I had seniority built up on everybody. Nobody had been waiting as long as I did. And I was patient numero uno. But it was it was hard, bro, because my wife was always there with me when I had surgery. <laughs> and she dropped me off at three doors. <laughs> and every one of them were closed. We were at to the next one and the next one. And she, she hugged me goodbye at every one. But the third door... We finally found it, and uh, I had to walk down this long hallway, and they do that, you know, test on you to find out if you got temperature, and, and it was just hard. It was just a hard deal to do by yourself. You know, you felt alone, and, and everybody was weird. It just, it was a strange thing to go through, and I couldn't wait to get out of there. I just, and I left the next day, so... They wanted to get me out as quick as they could. But the third floor of the Cedar Park Hospital was dedicated just for, you know, hip and knee replacements. That's all they did. I already had the COVID test. They made me do the COVID test before, you know, I was admitted. And it was just, I don't know, it was just hard, man. It was just a really hard thing to have to go through. But I made it, and I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did it. It is a difficult time. It's crazy, man, what I went through. Well, I mean, I'm just sitting there with you in the hallway in my head, 
listening to this. And we talk a lot on these calls, these interviews uh, for the radio and for the podcast about the mechanics of, well, the thing came out and then I had to do this and had to do that. And, you know, the doctor saw the, the x-ray and, you know, it's okay. You know, like, it's important stuff. But you're talking about a year of your life, literally a year full and a half, year. Buddy. Yep. Well, the pre yep. the pre time, yep. of course, and then getting ready for the first surgery that that didn't work, and then you know, the ankle, and then the opening up again, and then the removal, and then walking around, getting rid of an infection with no joint for three months because of various Burr. reasons. COVID, the planet is freaking out. Texas is not a safe place, nor is frankly anywhere in the United States at the time. So everyone's out of their minds, worried about this. All we do is we talk about the virus, the virus, exactly what we right. do. And, and you're sitting there like, yeah, thanks, guys. I don't have a knee right now. Uh, I'm peg-legging around trying to help my son and do what I can, but I am on complete hold in my life because of misfortune across the board. A year has gone by, at least from the first surgery, and now you're finally getting this, this knee done. But the story isn't isn't done then. I mean, now we've got a new knee in there uh, without an infection. Okay, good. Ankle is still the ankle, but we've got... Yep. There you are. It's May, and you've got your, your new knee in. Is that where we are right about now? Yes, sir. And we're here in August, <laughs> and I can walk. And my wife says, Daddy, you, you're happy. You, you should be happy. You, you can even walk around because... You know, the alternative was just going to have to chop it off, and I don't, I, I, I can't go back and do any more surgeries. I mean, I'm done. I mean, they're going to have yeah. to amputate me if, if something went wrong this time. There's just not enough bone left to, you know, my scars are about three inches above my other one and three inches below my other They had to go in so much further. But, you know, the bad thing, PJ, Yes, my foot's crooked, and, and I had a little you know, hollering match at my doctor. I said, why is my foot crooked? Oh, he said, well, it must have been your ankle doctor. I said, dude, I can't believe you said that. I said, you're the one that referred me to. It wasn't crooked before I come in there for this surgery. I said, what you do? Get your jig screwed up, and you, you glued me up wrong? Because, you know, you're, they got to glue you up. I mean, that's what makes your foot straight and everything. Oh, it must be your must be your hip. I said, come on, nothing wrong with my hip. So he said, well, we got to get you back in, Frank. I said, I don't want no x-rays. I don't want nothing else from you. I'm done with you. He said, you'll never open me up again, and I'm in the wind. Mm -hmm. So I canceled all my remaining therapy sessions I had for July, and I'm just not going to, but I'm done. But when I got the X-10 machine, this is where we're all going here. That was the greatest thing since, you know, buttered bread. I mean, what a gentle machine that can extend you in an easy, gentle way. And, yeah, oh, my God. Look. For everyone listening, Steve uh, and I spoke, and Steve did use the X10 knee recovery system for his recovery. It would, turned out to be instrumental in recovery. I am very conscious of the fact that, you know, you have – done remarkable work you dedicated yourself to this thing you worked really hard you are now in august mid-august in pretty good I'm shape rolling man right compared to I where you were there 
I just say, Steve, I feel always a little bit funny, and this is just my personality, because I created Knee Radio 1. I created the Bees Knees podcast to help people. And I know, and you and I know, right, that the X10 can be amazingly helpful for lots of people that are facing this difficulty or even something that's a lot less severe than what you went yep. through. But I also want everyone to know that we're not here trying to convince you to use the thing. We're, we're just trying to share a story I feel for you so much. What I would, I, I guess, would be really helpful if you don't mind, Steve, is tell us what normal physical therapy was doing, why you, at some point on the internet, ding, 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 saw the X10, why were you even looking? Maybe you can, can compare them, regular physical therapy and the X10, and why was it useful and different for you? That would be really night, helpful. Night and day, it's just you just don't need no physical therapy if you. If you have the X10 machine, but listen, my doctor says, you know, I, I went to him to ask him, what does he think about it? But, you know, my insurance, Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Texas, does not cover the cost of this. But you were, you, you told me that, that my care credit card would help pay for it, and I wouldn't have to pay no interest. So that's the first round that I, I, I did that. But after, I don't know, I had it for like for three weeks, and I missed that sucker when it was gone. I missed that machine, and I missed my baby, number 45. I was finally able to, to finish out my therapy, and it did, it, it did so much more than physical therapy. Physical therapy hurt. I had a little girl trying to push my knee, and I'm on a bench, and she's trying to, you know, manipulate my knee, and just struggling she's sweating she's trying to push it in and man it hurt it just physical therapy hurts but the x10 machine for some reason is just is just more of a gentle deal and my doctor said he got you got some prehistoric looking machine you know you know you know what i told you about it he didn't like it it wasn't his idea but it really upset me when he didn't won't sign off for it to see if my insurance company would pay it. If Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Michigan pays for this machine and it doesn't pay it for a Texas, that's just not right. You know, you know what I mean. And I'm thinking I could have had a good, I get, I could have had a good issue to discuss with them to maybe give me a little love, give me some help. So. You know, this is all out of my pocket, but I'm I'm telling the world I wouldn't ever think about having a knee surgery without having that machine at my house when I got home. You explained the pain part, which is uh, and this is common, right? Physical therapy, yeah, uh, you can't can hurt, right? It, early on, it's really right. sore, you know, but you got to just yeah. work through it. You just got to work it out. But that machine helps so much. It just oh. It's a blessing. And it, it was a, and, a godsend that I'm, I found you three people. Cork that delivered it, Tricia that was my coach, and you as, as my leader. It's just, <laughs> it's just a blessing that God put me in touch with you people. We feel the same, and and you know that, and you and Cork have had a lot of I conversations, I, and Tricia's awesome yep. and Trisha's beautiful. Yeah. great coach. And, She's a great coach, and, you know, it's funny. I, I told her in a note the other day, you know, Tricia, every time I do an interview, everyone tells me how great you are. <laughs> it's like uh, I've heard this a lot in the last few weeks. A I've been... Good person, man. Tricia did me 
sounds wonderful. One of our strengths is that we have different team members that are have different qualifications, and sometimes right. if you're going to use the machine again, which you did, you used it, did really well, took a break, you said, I want that thing back, used a little bit there. So there was a, there were a couple instances where we played a role in this recovery. Right. Sometimes it's good to have, you know, like a different way of approaching uh, a knee, and our, our, our team is so rich with their experiences from physical therapists to PTAs to personal trainers. We've got a lot of, a lot of breadth now. And I'll tell yep. you, Steve, what you don't know is that you know, when we started this treating patients six, seven years ago, it was without the kind of guidance that you have now. I mean, I think we had this thought that the machine was going to just do the work with the patient, right. you know, on its own with good training. And I think we've learned that, yeah, you need to train the patient. They need to get familiar with it and get comfortable. And a lot of it is on your own, right? You're, you're there doing right, the work right, with you the know, machine. I, I kind of like being on my own, but yeah. I was there when I had a difficulty or needed a change in the you know, adjustment on the machine. And, but she just kind of motivated me. You know, it's kind of good to have somebody motivating you. You know, the, let's go a little bit further, you know. Hmm. What was your cycle? What was your schedule? Like, well, how often would you use it? I, don't, I, I do it like? three times three times a day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I could do it while I was watching TV. or But, you know, I got to where I wouldn't watch TV. I just look at the screen. And I'm doing a screen and I'm adjusting it every time. Say if I got to, you know, 125, I'd push that button to 126 or 127, and I'd jump up a couple of notches. You know what I mean? I just kept challenging myself to get a little better. And, brother, I got to 130 degrees, which is the maximum of that machine. Now, I had to use some of the machine that had to help me most of it, but I got there. It bent my knee 130 degrees, which is awesome. That means I know it can it can get there. So the rest is kind of on me just to kind of keep that momentum going, walking and you know doing my little exercises and you know just kind of adding to what the X10 got me to. I'm so thankful I found you, man. You know, really? I think a lot of people are going to listen to our conversation, Steve, and they're going to be like, "Are they crazy? This is a piece of hardware. It's a darn machine, for goodness' sake! It it's." Uh, how could they be talking like this about a piece of equipment? And I thought the same thing when I began years and years ago talking to patients about the machine. I was expecting just like a clinical thing. Oh, well, it's really gentle and it reads your pressure and it da, 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 da. like I expected that answer. And what I get from you and from a recent interview I did with a gentleman named Nick and a lady named Sandy, there becomes mm-hmm. a bond with, okay, I'll, I'll use a clinical, the program, okay, the program, but uh, right. there's also a bond with the coach, okay, I get that, and you and I have gotten to know each other, and, you know, we're friends, and so that that's wonderful, and you and Cork, so there's a lot of human stuff, but there's a weird bond with the device, because it, it seems to be like your little friend there looking out for you. It doesn't want you to Man. go to 125 yeah. if you should be at 124 degrees bend. It's trying to say, hold on, Steve, not there yet. We, we I know we right. want to get to 125, but hold off for a bit because we're, you know, I'm feeling you're you're pretty tight right now, and it's that strange thing of it kind of trying to protect you yet keep you it's, moving forward, right? It's true it's that because it's kind of gentle when it does it. You know, it realizes, you know, I always could kind of goof off and just let the machine do the work for me. But when I put, you know, my thought in it, man, I could, 
I could I could really decrease the the number of pressure that the machine was putting on it. So you know you could be lazy, or you could just rock and roll, try to you know do the best you can. And it was it was very easy. It was it was butter. I'm gonna tell you that I, I loved it. That was a great machine for my knee recovery, and I wouldn't be where I am today without it. Period, bar none. So, uh, if I can say anything to anybody out there that's thinking about knee surgery, do not do it unless you have to do it. Make sure. But my wife's a dentist, and she has so many customers, patients that she meets every day. And so many people have had knee surgery. But, you know, let's just say 95, 99% of them just come through it great. But, man, I was, I asked my doctor, I said, how many cases have you done and been successful at? He said, oh, I've done 2,000 in the last two years, 2018, 2019. I said, all right. I remember before I passed out on the anesthetic that I want to be your 2001 customer to be successful in what happened. Here I am. I think I'm his only unsuccessful customer. I've been opened up more times than any of his customers or patients. But why did that happen? I don't know, man. I didn't do nothing but follow all their instructions, and, and I did everything that they wanted me to do. And uh, I still, you know, they'll never admit nothing. And I want everybody to know that there's no warranty. You sign your life away before they'll even operate on you. <laughs> so don't think that you're going to come back on them and, you know, get any warranty or of any kind. You, you're not. It just, it's just the way it is. And it's, I don't like it, but it is what it is. But, you know, I kind of jumped on him, you know, last time. I said, you sure good about spending my money? Wow, you should never make a decision on surgery based on money. Well, you know, I'm just I'm just a poor old telephone man that's retired. I don't have a lot of money, dude. But, you know, they get to kind of dig on you and do whatever they're going to do without any recourse. You see what I mean? I mean, what a, what a mm. good job. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't yeah. say that in yeah. a negative way, but, but then again, I do say it in a negative way. I just... I don't know. I don't. Well, you've been put through a year of. I didn't like that of, part, so I, oh. I kind of divorced my doctor in a bad, bad way. I just told him screw himself. You know, I just mm-hmm. I ain't coming back to your ass. But yeah. I knew I had the X10 in my back pocket. I knew what it worked, and uh, that's why I ordered it again, PJ. Yeah. And he just did me, just did me a great job, man. So I was able to be where I am today rocking and rolling, driving. I don't have to back up my seat, you know, to get in my truck no more. You know, I have to lower the seat all the way back. I, I can just, I just hop in. And uh, I'm just, I'm just doing so good. I, my wife says, maybe she said, I think you just healed. <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. I, I, I believe that too. It's, yeah. you know, I'm not perfect. It, it, it ain't perfect. It'll never be like it was. You know, it's right. Be realistic, but right. I'm I'm happy enough with where I am to be very happy with my life going forward. If that makes any sense. Oh no, I get. It. I mean, you know, your expectations have been set a little differently. 
uh, having gone through this. And, and there's a, uh, but, but the bottom line is, aside from the foot being not in perfect alignment, it sounds like, um, it does yeah, sound I like you're, you're... That bothers me. But you know what, PJ, yeah. I just walk crooked. I mean, it's just the way it is. I mean, my, my foot looks, it, it goes out to the left. I mean, they mm. screwed me up somehow. And I don't care, though. In the big light, I'm still walking. I'm able to function, but it, it's just a sad little way to end my success, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, I look, you know, the, the therapy people wanted to put a rag or a towel over my foot when I'm looking down at it. Man, I said, wouldn't this make you mad if, if you, know, you had surgery and your foot come out crooked like this? I mean, it's eight degrees off. You really got to put some thought in it to kind of pick up your step, so to speak. And I can do yeah. that. I can do that very easy. You know, I want everybody to know that going down the stairs is far harder than going up the stairs. I mean, it's night and day. It all gets better. So. Well, I, I'd like to hear, Steve, in the next few, September, October, November, in the rest of this year, if, as you keep focusing on it, as you're looking at that gate and if you do continue to work with anybody or do it on your own the gate training to see if you're able to with your discipline straighten that thing out a little bit I, i'm curious I, I i also know that that might also put some weird pressure on your knee that you don't want to do it might just not be worth it but uh, it sounds like you said if you can put your mind on it you can actually kind of walk straight yep. i yep. wonder yep. And, and this is this is above my pay grade uh, i'm not qualified to, to to talk about this but a, a good physical therapist might be able to give you enough exercises or even muscle work that could strengthen your leg to the point where you could straighten that gait out a little bit. I mean, it might be that two to four degrees would make a big difference in terms of, yep. you know, that yep. angle of the, of the well, foot. She might be able to do something because she begged me to come back, but I was so mad at my doctor and the whole organization that I just drug up. But, but she says, please come back to see me. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it, let's keep it bending. So I'm probably... You know, I just now got through with the XMA 10 machine for the second time. So I'm probably, I got my insurance, I'll pay for it. But it, oh, it costs like $200 a session for an hour. And it's it's crazy what the medical people charge for services. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I mean, in I the do. big picture. But anyway, I'm, I'm thinking about calling her back. And I mean, we want to do these things ourselves if possible, and the X10 allowed it, the X10 put control into your hands, the recovery that you know the, to do what you needed right. to do in the recovery. So, so part of it was just empowering you with a coach and a device to get this done on your own terms when you wanted to. Pardon me, when you wanted to use it, you know, what time of the day, how often, right. and you know, you were able to do that. But it might be that with the right instruction and you taking copious notes, uh, that there are strengthening exercises, there are gait pattern exercises that you can adopt and do them on your own. And mm-hmm. you're so motivated, obviously, and you're close. Eight degrees is not 15, uh, you know? I mean, it, it, it's certainly, you know, a, a bit of a distance, but there's, a, there's an opportunity there for you to maybe potentially straighten. If they believe you can, she's probably right. And if you're able to do that on your own, now you might be able to do that last piece here. Uh, right. I know that the ankle's a little weird, and I know that the swelling's a bit annoying, but, but there, there might be a, a little thing to do there that, that could 
could put the put the next two or three months in your hands. Because I just I was thinking it'd be fun to talk sooner rather than later. I just want to hear how it's going. If you can if you can address this this last issue on that that thing. Well, maybe so. Maybe maybe I need to get off my butt and not be so mad. And you know, I forgive him, my doctor. I mean, he did the best he could. I mean, I'm walking, so yeah. you know, I'm not all mad at him. I just kind of mad at all I had to go through to get to where I am today. And it was. It's just been a it's been a hard journey, man. But yet, yeah, you know, Steve, we all hear it. I know you're mad, uh, but we all hear it. We hear a great guy. We hear a guy that's been through it that didn't expect this to happen. Thought this was the answer to the the prayers and the problem from so many years ago in the '80s. I mean, this was the moment to get it right, and it didn't. It took a lot longer, a lot harder to do that. But we hear the faith that you have in the in yourself and you, you kept looking for solutions and you're still going to find them if they're out there. Uh, you know, I admire what you had to go through and the fact that you still have such a positive attitude, really. I mean, it's got, I, I would got to be, build some character in there somewhere, right? <laughs> he's, got a, he's, he's got a, he's got a way of doing things to, you know, make you well, see the light. He's pulling it out of a guy that's already got a lot of character, but, but okay. I, I mean, I, I admire, you know your, what I'm saying? Your approach. I do. No, I know what you're saying. I'm a I, character. I just, I'll tell you that. I, <laughs> I am. I'm, well, so many things TJ built up to go do projects. Wife on me do this, on me do that. I just couldn't do it, you know. But but I did what I could. I mm-hmm. could never stop. I probably did more than I should have. But now I'm I'm able to get to it, and and I'll dabble in this, and I'll dabble over there in this, and and man, I I got so many things to do. I just I'm excited. You know what I'm saying? So you can come out of this. I mean, you're, you're the proof, right? You're, you're the example. The, the picture of the guy that can get through it is the picture of you. If anybody wants to ever talk to me, they can call me. i got an email address, and you can give that to them, and, and I'll, well, I'll coach them right on through it. This interview will be on the, the radio station, Knee Radio 1. Right. So if you're listening there uh, or you're listening to the podcast, the Bees Knees podcast, in either case, you can visit the website, uh, x10therapy.com, and you can look up Steve, Steve Ship uh, in the search bar, or just go to the blogs, and you'll find uh, photographs, and we'll do a beautiful write-up of this, and some of the, the important points that you've brought out, we'll get those down, so that there will be a place to go and get a little bit more about this story in those places, no, no matter how you're listening to this. But again, x10therapy.com, that'll be the place to, to go find it. And I'll fix it. Get on my Harley, my, my Road King Classic. I ain't been on that for about a year and a half. And it's just, I, per, I started up every day. You know, before I had this surgery, I went to the Harley place, bought me a new battery. My wife says, You crazy? What are you doing that for? I said, Therapy, baby. Fire that thing up every day like I do and listen to it purr. Oh. I said, man, that just makes me feel good. So you're not uh, riding it quite yet. You haven't been. On I it? haven't yet. I just, you know, you know, I've been through so much pain that I ain't worried about my ability to drive because I've been driving ever since I was riding since I was 15. Just the other people out there, you know, you just never know when there's going to be an off hit. And yeah. and I just don't want to go through this pain again. But I. I don't want to stop riding because I'm scared of it. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I've seen that, that interview you had with Sally or what, what was going on. Sandy. 
Candy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I like that interview. That was a good one. And, and uh, you know, she's got a Harley, but I think she went to the three-wheel deal, and which is probably right. safer. It's, smart, it's smarter, probably. But I still got to do it one time just to let my know, myself know I can do it, you know? So I'm going yeah. to do it. I just yeah. hoping for the best that nobody runs into my jibbit ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in West Austin, way afar from downtown, and there's so many fine roads. They're just twisty, windy, fine ass roads. Austin's a beautiful place. It's just it's the hill country of Texas, man. Early, uh, get we, get an early there. rise. You know, get up at yep. six. Take when no one's out. Grab some of those the most empty roads. Just get that feeling again. I miss it, you as go. you know. I I'm like a communist. I used to ride a Japanese bike when I had one. I only had one bike hey, in my life. I started off with Jap. <laughs> yeah, those are great bikes. I started off with a Honda ninety. You know the girl uh, bike that we took camping. Yeah. And then I graduated to a Honda seven fifty. You know, I went to a one twenty five after that, but I could wheelie for oh, a wow. mile. Oh my I could God. get on my knees and I could wheelie in fourth gear for a freaking mile. Oh my and God. then I grew up to get in, when I was 18, I got me a Honda 750. Well, my best friend, he talked his grandma into giving me 2500 bucks to buy him a Kawasaki 900. Oh, boy. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Kawasaki would throw that Honda off the road. Oh, yeah. Embarrassing. Oh, dear. So, my next bike was... A Kawasaki 1100. Then I bought another one, Kawasaki 1100 LTD. And so I've always been a Jap guy. I mean, they were good built motorcycles. uh, Oh, my. Uh, The most I got to was a Yamaha Virago 700. That's the biggest bike I ever had. That's the only bike I ever had. Okay. That's it. Okay. And it was was a starter bike. It was, you know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't wasn't the real deal in a lot of ways. But it it was the only one I had. It was... Priced right. It was you had my, fun on it, didn't you? Oh, it's just something about freedom of, oh, of the air yeah. and the road. and Oh, it's just good. It's just a sweet feeling. Freedom. Nothing like what it. What it is, freedom. So I have to put oh. it on cruise control. And I have to oh, jiggle my oh. hand, you know, to kind of wake it back up. So I guess that's some carpal tunnel bullshit. You know, it's, it's just hard hitting old, <laughs> PJ. It's just, AGE catches up with us all. It does. It does. I, you know, everybody, I had to interrupt this. I mean, Steve has been so patient with me as I've been getting off the phone, getting on the phone, doing the interview. I just thank you for being who you are. I, I admire you, and I'm thankful that you were excited to do this and willing to share your, your opinions. You know, a lot of people don't feel that, that I, well, obligation or that desire to, to help the next person, but you've just done that. We're going to oh, share yeah, this, yeah. and there will be thousands and thousands of people that will hear these words throughout the various places that we and If anybody this, ever wants to talk to me, just get a hold of me. Yeah, you well, well yeah, they can call, they can email us at uh, thebeastneespodcast at gmail.com. I will connect yep. you with Steve. I promise you, if you want to chat with him about whatever he's gone through. Because um, I can give you the real deal. You. Ain't no, what you see is what you get from me. <laughs> so I, can, I can tell. I can tell. I can tell. Would you ever have that? <laughs> That's why I do these. I mean it. We used to do, I used to do like little packaged videos, and we still need to do those and explain. And that's how you, one of the things you saw, right? You saw, to find us, you watched a bunch of videos, right? That was the first, right, the right. first thing. Um, but, and those are essential. 
but they are nowhere near as valuable as a 45-minute conversation to get to the real, uh, the, the heart of the matter. You cannot fake news this conversation. <laughs> this is a real thing. It's <laughs> what people need to hear. They need to hear real experiences from real people that have been through it, and, yeah. and that's invaluable. It's just it's where the value is, man. Probably. All right, man. Well, thanks for being here for this. Really love it. Thanks. Thanks, PJ. Hi, everyone. One message about what you're listening to, because there are two different audiences for everything that we do now. We have had a podcast for the last few years called the Bees Knees Podcast, and some of you are listening to that right now saying, yeah, thanks, PJ. Got it. I'm listening to your podcast. What else do I need to know? Uh, but I'll tell you. What else you need to know is that there's another way to consume these wonderful interviews and content that we create, and that is Knee Radio One, a 24-7, seven-day-a-week, uh, on-all-the-time Knee broadcast. It's a radio station on the Internet, Internet Radio, they call it, and we have a collection of interviews bundled into different shows that run all the time on Knee Radio One. You can find that broadcast simply by going to knee-radio-the-numeral-one.com, knee-radio-one.com, and right on that homepage of that website, you can read all about it, and you can also push play and listen to the broadcast, and it's going on all the time with different programming. We're updating that programming. We're really excited about it, and in fact, we're soon going to launch and introduce a morning show, 7 to 9 a.m., hosted by Mary Elliott. She's busy creating that show right now in the middle of summer 2020, and that'll be out pretty soon, and we're excited about having that, you know, in the world as well. So uh, just an explanation, Knee Radio 1, the Bees Knees podcast, much of the content is the same. We're packaging it for you on the radio station, or you can go to the Bees Knees podcast on any podcast service that you can imagine. We're there. And you can just look up specific episodes and topics uh, on Apple Podcasts or in Google or on Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. And you can find individual interviews there. Hopefully that'll help you get what you want out of this knee-focused content that we create. So that's it. This is PJ. I hope you enjoy listening however you're consuming this content. The Bees Knees Podcast comes to you from our studio in Lower Manhattan, New York City. We're here week in and week out shedding light on all aspects of knee surgery and recovery. To reach us, send an email to thebeesneespodcast at gmail.com.